Hey, Jackie. Hey, Tori. Welcome to Holy Moly, a The Mole rewatch podcast. This is a spoiler-free rewatch of Celebrity Mole Season 3 of the early 2000s hit reality franchise. Jackie, it is so good to be back with you here recording. It's so good to be back. I'm so excited for this episode because we really get into the show. And if you missed last episode, definitely go back and catch up on the cast assessment. Did a really deep dive. It was really fun. And now we're going to get into these players playing the game. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am very excited as well. I am shocked that we did a cast assessment for almost two hours. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so I think immediately a positive of that is we're weeding out the casuals. Totally agree. Yeah. (laughs) And I think I just like, I don't know. I I know these people so much better than I would have known them if we had just started the show. And like, I think it really helped me be a better viewer and be a more critical, like, audience member of figuring out who the mole is. I definitely felt more in tune with things. Yes. I'm glad that we didn't watch the first episode uh, prior to recording the cast assessment. And it was an unbiased, just deep dive into these characters that we're going to be spending the next six weeks with because we have six Mm -hmm. episodes to record. So yeah, it's great to have that unbiased background info on them before we now kind of see how they're performing and who we're suspicious of. Before we immediately get into episode one, which I'm very excited about. Um, I want to say Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year. 2020. 2020. Yeah, January 2nd. So we just celebrated the start of a new decade. Uh, Jackie and I celebrated together and it was really nice. We did. It was so nice. It was also our 10-year anniversary of being friends because you first hung out with me 10 years ago on New Year's Eve. We realized that 10 years ago that same night, I was at your parents' house in Long Island. That was such a trip. Um, Someone else was celebrating New Year's Eve as well. I don't know if you read, I think I mentioned it really quickly, Kathy Griffin. Uh I did a quick search for Kathy Griffin news because I was just like, I feel like in the past week, something must have changed with Kathy Griffin. She's got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And sure enough... She announced her engagement on New Year's Eve and got married on New Year's Eve. So congrats Congrats to Kathy. Congratulations on the nuptials. It honestly feels like there's something cosmic going on with us rewatching (laughs) The Mole and this universe that we have now found ourselves in because I I can't not see signs of it everywhere. Like, I just... (laughs) Kathy Griffin just got married on the eve of us recording this podcast. I am... I'm floored. I feel something special is happening. I I really feel the same way. And like, I am not even just saying that for the podcast. It's like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of that phenomenon of like, you start opening your eyes to other things and you notice all these connections. But I really also feel like something is lining up for us in a big way. Right. Was all of this happening around us before and we were just blind to it and we took the blinders off and now we're open to this world or is there something special happening? I don't know, but I'm excited about it either way. Yes, as well. Um, 
also th- talking about New Year's Eve celebrations and these characters that we have gotten to know really well, although he is not hosting this season, everyone knows how much we appreciate mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper and his stint hosting seasons one and season two of the mall. Mm-hmm. And we also really discussed how Kathy Griffin in the past has recorded the CNN New Year's Eve specials with him in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a brief update that Anderson Cooper is still hosting CNN New Year's Eve specials. And he hosted last night with Andy Cohen as his co-host. And I didn't, we didn't watch it. We were together, but today I was just watching some highlights and Anderson Cooper was having the time of his life for this decade. (laughs) Him and Andy Cohen were taking a shot of tequila together at the start of every hour on the minute. And Mm -hmm. at 11 p.m., they were on a call with 50 Cent and decided to do a shot with him over the audio. And every single shot that Anderson was taking, he was having a really bad reaction to. Like, he was just acting like, oh, oh, so bad. Um, And then he took a shot with 50 Cent. And I have a brief audio clip of this (laughs) moment that I would like to play. Please. All right, here we go. Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen taking a shot with 50 Cent. All right, Happy New go. Year. Cheers, everybody. Right, cheers, everybody at home. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. Happy 50. Thank you so much. Have a great New Year. Thanks, 50. Come by the clubhouse soon. <laughs> I didn't want to explode in front of 50 Cent. <laughs> oh, 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 I was trying God. to seem cool in front of him. I was, too. Uh, I called him Shaq at the beginning uh, of the interview. All right, this is it, people. The final countdown. Less than one hour to go till 2020. (laughs) Oh, my God. The noises. It's so funny. It's crazy because if anyone else acted like this, I feel like (laughs) CNN would get annoyed, but the world is immediately endeared to Anderson Cooper. That's amazing. I love them. Oh yeah, so it's good to know what our what our mollies are up to for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have any other updates from the rest of the cast. They're maintaining a low profile, no. it seems. Yeah, same here. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into episode one in a minute. Um, before we do, I know that everyone is wondering how can you watch the mole and how can you keep up with us and. We do have two methods. You can buy the DVD set on Amazon for $7, which well worth it. It includes secret scenes, deleted scenes, funny moments. If you don't feel like spending the $7, just YouTube Celebrity Mole Season 3. It comes up. Yep. And we're going to try to be as inclusive as possible. So if you're saying, hey, you know, I don't really want to watch the mole. Honestly, we're going to be breaking it down pretty extensively. I cannot recommend watching it enough, but it's not necessary. This podcast is for everyone. Yeah, I think that's a good caveat. I think at least judging by my own notes for what we're about to go over, I really think we're recreating every scene. So, And we're going to share some audio clips like we just did and we have been doing. So yeah, if you maybe are just like too excited and you want to start the podcast before you can actually start them all, go ahead. We will do our best to keep you up to date as if you were watching it. Exactly. So with that being said, let's get into episode one. So the mole starts and because it's the first episode, they do a 
a bit of an introduction where they kind of explain the quick premise of the show where, you know, we have seven contestants playing a game together for money, for a big pot of money, but one of them was hired by production to be the mole and to be trying to sabotage all of their winnings. And whoever of the contestants can identify who the mole is the best will be the winner. Uh, They take a quiz every week where they try to identify who is the mole, who's trying to sabotage them, and try to win as much money as possible while they're going along. Yeah. So we do get a brief description of that from our host, Ahmad. And then we very quickly list all of the celebrities that are going to be on this season, which if you want a big insight, listen to our first episode. What I thought was really fun in the intro scene was they say a celebrity's name, they tell us what they're famous for, and then every celebrity has a confessional to the camera where they say, I am the mole. And yeah. it's just a fun game because only one of them is, but you know, they're all they're all saying the sentence. So I thought it would be fun if we could listen to each celebrity saying that statement and us see if just from that we can identify who we think the mole is. That sounds great. I was writing down my notes for each um, audio clip. So I have my like first impression before I watch the rest of the episode kind of thoughts. Okay, great. Uh, To help us along, I did give us some pointers from a article from Parade.com of former CIA officers sharing six ways to tell if somebody is lying. So things that we're going to be looking for here are we're going to be looking for behavioral pauses or delays. So just if somebody takes a pause too long, if it takes them too long to answer, they might be lying. Yeah. Uh, We're going to be looking for verbal and nonverbal disconnects. So that might be where someone is saying something really positive, but they might be shaking their head no. Mm -hmm. Um, So where what they're saying, but the, the way their body is reacting are different. Other things to look for if they're hiding their mouth or their eyes, if they're clearing their throat or swallowing, uh, if they're touching their face at all, Mm -hmm. um, or if they're doing any sort of grooming gestures like brushing their hair, putting their hair behind Mm -hmm. their ear, maybe like fixing their collar, um, you know, patting their their shirt. I don't know what. Yeah, patting their knee. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So those are those are from the CIA. Six signs that somebody is lying. I trust it. Okay. And these are brief clips. So we're going to have to really zone in here if we want to identify. So we're going to start with the first person that was brought up, and that is Stephen Baldwin. They described him as star of The Usual Suspects and The Flintstones, which are things that both of us covered. So I was pretty proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so here is Stephen Baldwin. I am the mom. Okay. It was pretty Quick. quick. Yeah. Let's listen to it one more time. I am the mom. Okay. Do you have any <laughs> any notes that you wanted to from Stephen? So my one note was that he gave a really smoldering look. Yes. And I just felt like he again sticking with my thought from our first episode. There's no way he's actually the mole. But nothing stood mm-hmm. out to me from the CIA notes when I went back mm-hmm. and tried to identify. He was just kind of straight at the camera. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to be doing anything extra physically. Um, and he didn't seem to pause, which were two of the main things I tried to like look out for. 
I agree. What do you think? What's interesting is we're just looking for one liar. No, we're looking for one truth teller here and the rest right. of yeah. liars. Um, <laughs> one person should be telling the truth. And I did find that he was really direct. He nodded his head slightly. He maintained really strong eye contact. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, this appeared to be the truth. So right off the bat, Stephen Baldwin could be the mole according to our current standards that we're judging on. Okay, next up we had Frederic van der Waal and they described her as a Victoria's Secret supermodel. So again, they don't really have much more information than we did. Um, and here she is in her intro. I am the mole. Okay, thoughts, Jackie? Yeah, so based on the the number two, like verbal and um, nonverbal disconnect in the CIA article, she has a hu- like a slight head shake mm-hmm. when she says, I am the mole. I know that can't come across in audio, but she did have that. So um, I thought that was really interesting. I would agree with that. I think it was slight. I don't think it was a huge tell. Um, because ultimately my take was I think she could also be telling the truth here. She mm. was pretty direct straight to the camera. Her intonation is a little weird if you if you listen one more time. I am the mole. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it was like I am in fact the mole. Right. Yeah. Was there anything about um, intonation on that article no yeah that's a tough one yeah also it's tough because we're two people in and I on my list have identified that they're both telling the truth yeah <laughs> they're really good no so maybe we have two moles so far okay yeah. next up we have Corbin Burnson uh described as the star of Major League and LA Law which again we discussed last episode yeah. and here's Corbin Burnson telling us he is the mole I'm always small. <laughs> now, this is interesting. I really want to – let's listen to this one one more yeah. time. I'm always small. Now, what really gets me on this one is me and you both know that Corbin Burnson comes back on season four, this very next season of The Mole. So is he telling us that he is, in fact, The Mole for both season three and season four? Is it possible, Jackie? Did he get an upfront contract that you're going to be the mole for both seasons so you can genuinely say, I'm always the mole? And I mean, that would be insane. I would love it. I think him, my note for him was that he was like giggling and grinning while mm-hmm. he was saying, I'm always the mole. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to the, the second item in that list, this was where I really put that article to use. He is vigorously shaking his head when he's saying (laughs) you could not be more correct it is like there is like a different creature in his body that is like (laughs) to get out like yeah he said back and forth no so hard as he's saying this so yeah so I was like I feel like yeah Corbin's that kind of guy where like we know he he's kind of um I don't know like not a preacher but he like preaches and gives these speeches to people and I I just feel like he has that ego Mm -hmm. of like I'm I can trick you but I feel like with this one I was like you're not tricking me I think you're not 
them all. We'll right. See. But what I'll say is so I very clearly identified according to the CIA tips that he is lying in the statement. But mm-hmm. his statement is I'm always the mole. So maybe he's the mole this season, but just not the mole next season. Yeah. So this is a lie, but it still doesn't count him out. He went off script. He went off script. And some of them do that where they don't just say like, I am the mole. They give these little flourishes to it. So I don't know what that in itself means, but it's definitely fun. So, so far I have Stephen Baldwin and Frederic are both telling the truth. They are the mole. Corbin is not the mole. And now we're going to move on to Kathy Griffin, who is stand-up comedian and in Suddenly Susan. And here she is introducing herself. I'm the best mole ever. Okay, one more time. I'm the best mole ever. I really didn't know what to make of her. I don't think anything stood out to me from the list when I looked at it again. And I felt like she's still a strong lead in my book that she could be the mole. So I identified her as telling a lie because I felt Mm. there was a slight delay there where she said, I'm, pause, the best mole ever. Yeah. So I do think that is a lie. But again, if we're just going to the literal words she is speaking, her lie is that she's the best mole ever. She could still be the mole, but just a bad mole. Right, right. So it's true. I think they're all getting a little too cute and a little too smart with trying to get out of our intense detectiveness right here. They're throwing us for a loop. Okay, we're going to move on here now to Michael Boatman, who is the star of Arliss and Spin City. Also, it was clarified for us, Jackie, that it's not Arliss, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> I noticed that, and I appreciated that, too. Yeah. I was like, case closed. Case closed, people. Here is Michael <laughs> Boatman introducing himself. I could be the mole. I could be the mole. I could be the mole. The only thing I wrote down was, I feel like he's the mole. (laughs) He's such a good actor, though. Like, he, I feel like he's just so much more composed. Yes. And kind of, the, you know, some of the things we covered about Kathy and Steven being, like, wild cards and liabilities. Like, Michael seems like a really good, controlled actor. So he could be acting this statement really well and not be the mole. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I couldn't really pull anything out from like, he wasn't shaking his head. He didn't pause. So I'm not sure. I fully agree. I thought it was a very stealthy performance. Bravo. Like I, I couldn't read anything off of it, which is almost the most terrifying part. He, he's not, I couldn't gather a single emotive feeling, like anything off of that. So he scares me to be honest. I like started clapping when he right. said it. I was just like, Jesus Christ, you're amazing. I'm such a small moment, just. Okay, we have two left. Uh, next up is Eric Von Detten, and he was in Princess Diaries and Dinotopia, which I failed to talk about. We did not cover no. Dinotopia. <laughs> so I'm a failure. He was mine, and I totally skipped over the show where he held all these little baby dinosaurs. <laughs> I also have one small note before you play his clip that I wrote down, which was as they were announcing those projects for each person, um, everyone else had star of Arliss, star of Suddenly Susan, star of Flintstones. And I just noticed Mm -hmm. that with Eric, they said, of the (laughs) Princess Diaries. And I was like, Eric's not quite a star. He's still young. 
But they could have said Star of Brink, which we did cover in depth. So I just thought that was funny. Yeah, he is fully the Star of Brink. He was not the Star of Princess Diaries. Anne Hathaway was the Star of Princess Diaries. But, you know. Okay, here's <laughs> Eric introducing himself. I could be the mole. Yeah. Now, what doesn't get expressed over audio here is Eric's body language is mm-hmm. the most horrible uncomfortable body language I've ever seen he is he has shrunk down into his chair he is not even making <laughs> eye contact with the camera at all <laughs> he is looking into like the bottom right corner of the floor which I'm just like how did they not take another take were they like were, did they maybe not even tell him yet if he was the molar yeah like he's genuinely in that moment like I could be I don't know yet so I mean my take from that is that He's definitely not the mole because he couldn't even make yeah. eye contact. But Oof, I thought that too. It, that, that one stood out the most. It it was horribly bad. Sweet baby Eric. And last but not least, Kim Coles. She was the star of Living Single and In Living Color. And here is Miss Kim Coles introducing herself. I am molecious. I loved that. What a one to end up on. Yeah, I loved it. And I thought from, you know, like, I loved her own spin on it. I love that she went off script. And I felt like from the the first note in that CIA article, she doesn't pause at all. And I felt like because of that, wait, if she doesn't pause, is she If not she pauses, she's lying. So this means she's telling the truth. So she is malicious. So, oh, she was, she's saying I'm malicious. Yeah. But also it's like, and this is spoiler free, this little comment. Later on, I there's a scene with her and she's like, I have a mole. Right. So I'm like, she could be malicious and that's not a lie. She's just making observational comments. Yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So th- that's our cast. Our cast of seven celebrities that we're going to be spending a lot of time with here. Mm-hmm. Now, one more thing I did want to bring up in this sort of introduction is that – I know in seasons past, production has left clues Mm -hmm. for the audience viewers at home. So just small things that they would kind of put in post-production to see if the audience could figure out who the mole is. So for example, in season one of the mole, which was best season ever, during the opening scene when the players arrived – the mole was this girl, Catherine, spoiler, and <laughs> she was the fourth contestant to arrive. And they say that the word mole has four letters in it. Well, yeah. not they say it does have four letters in it. Right. That's their justification of it. Tori, I wrote the same thing down. It's such a funny clue. Yes. So my question is, so that was season one's clue. Catherine was the fourth to arrive. Mole has four letters in it. She's the mole. I was, since that was a clue that was in the introduction credits of that season, I was really paying attention to the introduction credits of this season to try to pick up on that sort of clue. And the only thing that I could really kind of pick up on was that when they were doing the intro segment, they would have like words pop up on the screen at different moments. And they had the word the mole um, really big on the screen at one point, And it was directly over Stephen Baldwin. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. They, it, 
it was almost too obvious. Like it, right. it, it was his face with the words the mole over it. And <laughs> I was like, could this be? But it's kind of like, yeah, it could be real or it could be a red herring. But if the kind of level of clue that they're putting out there is like on the more subtle end, like that clue that you just described of like mole has four letters in it. She was the fourth to arrive. That's kind of out there. And I feel like a lot of those things that could happen accidentally for a lot of different situations, but maybe they're going way more in your face and maybe it's Stephen Baldwin. He was on our list of like in his intro, uh, I am the mole that he could be actually the mole. Yes. A hundred percent. And I love that we haven't even seen an actual scene of this season yet. And we already have a a lot of leads. Some clues here, right? We have some leads already to start with. Stephen Baldwin already, you know, my there's a flag going off there in the back of my brain. I'm like, that's too many things that I'm already suspicious of. Eric Condetton, definitely not. Definitely not. He's just having a good time. Okay, so yeah, that we do that whole intro scene where there's the voiceover explaining the rules of the mole and we see the cast um, in their confessionals coming in and then we get right to it. Like it, there is no delay. There's a zoomed out um, like picture of the earth floating in space is our first actual like image for this episode. Very quickly it zooms in and we're like above an island in Hawaii and then very quickly it zooms in again to like the macro level of just a mod really close up. Like there's no scene of like kind of an overview of them on the islands looking kind of epic. Like I'm thinking in Survivor world where it's like you see the scope of them somewhere and then we slowly get a little closer. It's just like Earth, Hawaii, Ahmad in a very up close shot. Yeah, we skipped over a few of those levels. Um, yeah. I mean, we got to get right to it. I loved it. Yeah, I it made me laugh a little bit. Um, so yeah, immediately you just Ahmad. It's a close up of him. We're definitely in Hawaii. He has a Hawaiian shirt on. He has a lei on, and I think I hear Kim Coles in the background saying Aloha. Yeah. Um, and Ahmad definitely responds to that. And I don't, I think you got a clip of that, Tori. Yeah, here's Ahmad's hello. Moloha. <laughs> so, what I also really liked about that moment was if they're trying to set the scene in Hawaii, I feel like they could have been in a really beautiful beach scene. They're kind of just in a di- plain ditch. Yeah, they're on like a little green. It's pretty weedy. It doesn't look very Hawaii, what I would picture. And that's why it's such a close-up of everyone, of Ahmad only at this point, that like they really could be anywhere. You don't really get that scene of like, yeah, them and you see Hawaii in the background. No. So that was interesting. I believe that they're there, but I just think that there was no like cinematographer on set really trying to showcase Hawaii yet at this point not at this point yet I'm interested to see how they utilize the setting in some of the tasks moving forward but at this point it seems like we could have just been filmed in like a studio lot yeah I agree so yeah so then um Ahmad greets them and like immediately it's such a different feel in tone from seasons one and two it feels so goofy (laughs) Um, and I know we, I think we have a sound clip of this, but I want to say what I wrote down on my notes here. 
what Ahmad says, like as soon as he greets them, he just goes, welcome. I'm Ahmad Rashad. Steven, I like your flowers. <laughs> Are you guys ready for the first game? Like that was it. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, did I miss something? Like, no. I know we did that little overview of some, you know, post-production version of Ahmad Rashad in the intro, but like, he didn't say anything to them about what they were about to do. No. Let's listen. Let's listen to Ahmad's intro. Okay. I'm Ahmad Rashad. Welcome to the mole in the beautiful YPO Valley. I am so happy to see you all. And Stephen, very nice flower you have there. That's really sets the tone for, for you everything. darling thank you very much now are you all uh, ready for the first game <laughs> it's like they couldn't cut that no exactly and i definitely heard a little cut in there somewhere right before he yeah. says steven i like your flowers there was a clear cut like it's almost like they wanted it in there on purpose they were like this is good this is yeah. good answer throw it in this is a mod building rapport with the cast um yeah. so yeah so i was like I could just tell the season's going to be very different from seasons one and two. I'm here for it. It seems mm -hmm. fun. But I was like, wait, what was the intro from, you know, seasons one or two? Anything from Anderson Cooper? Because I could have sworn there was like a more suspenseful, tense vibe that he set up. There was actually. And <laughs> I do have an audio clip here just for comparison purposes of uh, Anderson Cooper introducing the first scene of the mall season one. You have never met before. I'm sure you're all completely disoriented. And believe me, it is only going to get worse. Players, remove your blindfolds. <laughs> yeah. You can tell it's just different from Ahmad being like, hey, Steven, I like your flowers. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're blindfolded in this one in a dark, scary room as opposed to being greeted with lays thrown over their necks. So we're already here to here to party and here to have a lighthearted good time. Okay, so we're back to Hawaii. Um and Ahmad gets right into the rules of this first task. So he's like, I need the four strongest people in one group and three people that just want to hang out in the other group. <laughs> I need the hard workers and the not workers. The slackers. And this is very common um mole format for the start of a challenge where you kind of have this self-designation um, with a vague description for each group or each role that is not exactly indicative of what you're going to do. So they start talking amongst themselves. Um, Corbin, of course, nominates himself. He's like, this is the strong area. So oh he God. establishes that he's on the strong team. Um, Kathy, Eric, and Kim follow over to him. So Steven, Frederick, who I will now call Fred from here on out. Yes, Fred. Because they do that, and I love it. Um, Steven, Fred, and Michael are the ones hanging out. Before we actually describe what the challenge is, did you watch all of the secret scenes? Yeah. So there was one that had to have been, like, either right before they started this challenge or right before they started, like, the intro to the challenge. And some of them, I think Steven's there, Michael's there. Um, was Corbin there? For some reason, they have them segregated. Like, boys get ready over here. Girls get ready over here. So it was the four boys. And they're, like, hanging out at a picnic table. And there's, like, all these snacks on the table, I noticed. There's, like, um, cheese balls and, like, pretzels. <laughs> I really noticed that. Um, and Steven is talking about whether the game starts before or after Ahmad is going to greet them. Right. So Steven is like a little confused on like, 
are we already in the game? I mean, they're filming, which is interesting, right? So they haven't been formally introduced yet, but there clearly is a camera there filming this moment. So I have confusion. Like, wait, am I playing yet? Do I got to got my game face on or am I just shooting shit with the boys? So Steven asks, like, who, like, do we know who the mole is or something? And Michael says, like, has that decision been made yet? I don't think that decision's been made yet. And Steven finds that very suspicious, which I can understand, but also like that, that doesn't really tell me immediately anything about Michael. He also seems confused. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is one of the most perceptive moments we'll get from Steven. So I'm trying really mm-hmm. hard to cling on to it and to try to get some sort of like intelligent life form from him because it, it does come across as a very intuitive moment for him but when you really think about it okay he's suspicious because michael said has the mole been decided yet that doesn't paint michael as the mole that paints him as not the mole right i agree yeah so yeah that was interesting so clearly like steven's already on and he's already suspicious of michael before the game even starts also if i want to kind of digest that from michael's end i think that they definitely know They've definitely been told who the mole is or who the mole isn't at this point. You're about to film the first scene. And right. so is Michael just being a good actor here? Because mm. he clearly knows whether he's the mole or not the mole yet. It, yeah, that is weird. Because Stephen, like, Stephen in that moment to me is not the mole. Because he's confused about if right. there's even been one designated. Yeah. So he's like, should I be expecting a meeting? Could I still be the mole? <laughs> Still me is there a chance? Like, do you want it to be me? I can do it. Yeah, it's like I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's confusing for sure. Did you see? There was also another like deleted scene. Oh no, this is all I saw. Oh, this was really during like the same moment, basically, of the boys eating snacks around the picnic table. <laughs> And Steven said, I was considering dieting for the show, but I figure I might need some extra nourishment to figure out who is the mole. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) Brains do burn calories. So I like what he's bringing to the table so far. That's his strategy started pre-filming. It's as if he's going on Survivor. He was like, I need to think about whether I'm going to bulk or cut. I love that. Okay. All right. So anyway, tell us about the first challenge. Um, So Ahmad explains that there is a zip line hanging over a ravine, which is right next to this waterfall that they're all standing next to. Um, And at this point, we learn that the group of people that are hanging out will literally be hanging out on that zip line. Classic twist. Such a classic twist. You need to think about. They thought they were going to get out of it. No, no, no. You're going to be the one. Hanging over the waterfall. We got you. So who is our group of people hanging out? It's Kim, it's Fred, and it's Michael. Kim's jaw immediately drops. She's like freaked out. Fred is covering her eyes. So immediately they're just kind of... No, Kim's not hanging out. Uh, oh, hanging okay, out. sorry. But Kim's jaw drops for them. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> just for them. Out. Yeah. Steven's probably <laughs> super excited. Um, yeah. And so dangling from another line is going to be a bag of money that at this point I think it's worth like ten thousand dollars if you get that bag will Mm. go in the pot um so someone in the hanging out group is going to be in a harness they need to grab an empty bucket of water that is also like located around the waterfall 
fill that bucket of water and pour it into a larger bucket that's at the top of the zip line to the point where that large bucket floats to the bottom and then the money bag floats to the top. And that's basically how you yes. win the challenge. Classic seesaw. Classic seesaw, very similar to a lot of survivor challenges. And so at this point, you might be saying, like, what does the strong team need to do? They will right. be cranking the people hanging out and directing their movements. So two people will be at the top of the falls, cranking them, like, I guess, left and right and back and forth. Um, someone has a joystick to crank the player up and down. And then there's called a spotter, which is on the floor right, right. of the waterfall and can, like, communicate up via a headset, which was a very important technical detail that they wanted to call out. Yeah. So that's it. Um, and it was like, I had to listen to the logistics of that game a couple times. Cause I was like, how are they moving them around? I don't really know, but I do know that Stephen Baldwin yeah. at one point says Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't carry my jock strap. So like, he's feeling confident. Yeah. I also took down that quote, Jackie, <laughs> because it is the first quote of a huge theme we're going to get oh. into of the mall, which is, um, the men are disgusting. What I also love about this challenge is that they really tried to pull like the the rug out from under them and pretend like it was going to be a casual challenge and now are making it out to be this huge scary yeah. challenge. I mean it's it's not that crazy to me. The waterfall's not mm -hmm. that big. It's pretty tiny. It's they're strapped in. Yeah. Um, but the cast did have some strong reactions to it, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're making me do this. Um, and we have one reaction here from Kathy Griffin, which I think really sums up the general feels of the cast. I was completely in shock. I thought this was going to be Celebrity Mole with like fakey celebrity easy half games. I didn't know anybody would be um, trying to get buckets from a waterfall. This is ridiculous. Okay. Why didn't you tell me I was going to need to be getting buckets from a waterfall? I would have practiced. I would have said no. I yeah. wouldn't have come. Yeah, I thought this was a spa day. Gosh. I mean, Kathy, uh, amazing reaction to this very dramatic challenge. Yeah. My question for you is, so now we know what the challenge is and we know that the mole is trying to sabotage. Mm -hmm. Um, this challenge. If you are the mole, Jackie, what position would you want to be in? Would you want to be the person who is dangling in the harness trying to fill the buckets with water? Or do you want to be one of the crankers that's directing where they're moving or the spotter? I think I would want to be someone hanging out because I think it's probably one of the toughest jobs and like you don't really need to work with anyone on it like you need to kind of communicate things to the team maybe but they really can't hear you that much you're like next to a waterfall so I feel like it'd be easy to I feel like it seems really hard and therefore it'd be hard to do anyway and if you throw it just a little bit um it might be an easy first one to throw yeah I fully agree I think that you can easily say that it was really hard like being in under the stream of the waterfall whereas if you're just pulling the the crank or being the communicator it's pretty obvious if you're yeah. trying to flub that uh i do also want to play a quick here of our host um who's trying to kind of encourage them to play play a good game play hard play hard players <laughs> play hard play hard players i noticed that and i i wrote down like a little glimpse into 
Ahmad's past football career yes. coming out. So I liked that we got a little bit of who he is, but it it felt really out of place. I mean, it's the one dimension that we only know of Ahmad is that he exactly. does sports, and we have not really gotten past that yet. I don't have any other uh, sense of his personality other than Ahmad's sports. Cool. Okay, so let's get into the actual challenge. So Steven's going to be our first hanger. Uh, he gets strapped in. He's hanging over the waterfall. And, you know, we have, you know, the other four cranking and directing him. So on this first round, Kim is in charge of the joystick and Corbin is one of the crankers. Uh, the first thing that we notice is Corbin immediately becomes suspicious of Kim. I mean, it takes one second and he has a confessional where he's like, I'm suspicious of Kim. She was having way too much trouble with that joystick. He says, how hard is it to figure out? Am I the only one here that has any brains? So, yeah, it did not sit well with me. Yeah, no, no, no. Corbin's coming off as aggressive. Um, And so anyway, they have, I think, up to six minutes to achieve this task. And, I mean, it's very intense. At one point, Stephen Baldwin is completely upside down in the waterfall stream, like head down, legs up, like just in a complete stream of water. So there's a lot of yelling, uh, just a lot of screaming, like, down, right, up, get me the bucket. It's It's aggressive. Um. Yeah, so basically, I don't want to get too far into it, but Steven does end up winning. Uh, it takes three minutes and 46 seconds. He puts enough water in the bucket so that it falls down and the money bag lifts, so he gets to add $10,000 into the pot. Uh, and then we get a confessional from Steven after he won, and he says, quote, I'm moist because you had both your hands around my throttle, baby. <sighs> I mean, I also want to point out that in this confessional, he has a wedding ring on. Like, he is very much married mm-hmm. at this point. And we are not even five minutes into season one, episode one. And this is the second innuendo that we've gotten from him. And I'm kind of like, do him and his wife have an agreement about the way he's going to behave? Because they know that he wants to make his career being on celebrity reality TV mm-hmm. shows. And this is the kind of content that we're looking yeah. for. Is this just his persona? Right. In these moments, I also, I quickly Googled him again to check up and he is still married because I also had this thought of like, yeah, just like how did his relationships end up? Yeah. I also, I mean, because he was just so standout as a huge character. So I Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time Googling Stephen Baldwin this week. And I actually, oh, I signed up our email for his newsletter because he has a website, stephenbaldwin.com. <laughs> yes. And it was like, subscribe here for updates. So I was like, holymolypodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, so if we get any email updates, we'll have that. Something else that I loved about his um, website was it had a link to his social media. And his Instagram handle is at Stephen Baldwin seven, which I really liked because he like couldn't snap like Stephen Baldwin, so he just has Stephen Baldwin seven. And hold on, I actually then I was really digging, and I went to find who has just the Stephen Baldwin handle. I I was like, who who was the lucky one to get at Stephen Baldwin? And it is. I don't know who it is. It's a person. They only have three posts. And so it's hard to gauge much from them. But in their most recent post, 
it was like a screenshot of a notes app with like some text on it. And it said on it, it said, if only people could hear the 10 seconds after they hang up with somebody, no one would have any friends. That sounds, it sounds like something Stephen Baldwin could have said. Like maybe he made that account a while ago, forgot. And so he he couldn't even take the real one again. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just a fun bit. Okay. So anyway, he won. He was really patting himself on the back about it. Um, and it's just, again, he, this is not a crazy town. So the waterfall is small. They're in Hawaii. And then here is a yeah. brief um, moment of Stephen Baldwin talking about his win. That was tough. And let me tell you, man, when you were on that thing and, you know, the hardest thing was fighting hypothermia and all I'm really trying to do is just keep my head above the water and just trying to focus on the air. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I noticed that, too. I was like, aren't they in Hawaii? And you were in there for three minutes and 46 seconds. You're all in shorts. You're not fighting hypothermia. What a hero. He's definitely not fighting hypothermia because for the rest of this challenge, he's shirtless. Like just so anyway, he he won. Okay, so now so they're not done, and now at this point, Fred needs to go out and do what Steven just did, but in a faster time. So he did it in three minutes and forty-six seconds. She needs to beat that. Um at this point, she looks horrified. Um And she, like, she gets words of encouragement from Ahmad again. He again says, play hard, play hard, as she's going out there. And we get a shot of, like, her up there getting all strapped up. And she's explaining her thought process about, like, if she should even do this. Because <laughs> she's like, I don't know. These these thoughts start going through your head that I'm a mom now. Should I do this? I was like, Fred... Imagine if she just was like, sorry, you guys, I can't. I'm a mom now. Like She leaves the game. Is that an immediate you're the mole or is that just so bold that there's no way? I don't know. She seemed just like scared for sure, but could have also for sure been acting. She gets started and it's just like chaos again of screaming like down, down, yeah. down. It's... um. Not very good communication this round. No, Ashley pulled a clip you sent me to kind of capture the chaos of the moment of what this challenge is like. And here we go. any real good communication going on just a lot of yelling rock music and i noticed one suspicious thing that kathy said during this challenge um she was with corbin i think cranking Mm -hmm. and she said not too fast we don't want her to spin and i thought that could be some like nicely placed sabotage to slow it down if she was like slowing how quickly they were moving her oh that would be. So a I smart thought that could montage. be a. Yeah, I thought that could be really well placed. Um, so yeah, they're just screaming. Honestly, like I couldn't tell what Fred needed or wanted. She's just screaming, like, "Give me some leadway! Give me some leadway!" Um, and it's just chaos. So yeah, no, 
it's super interesting of that whole leadway argument that they were having. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, like they she does horribly in this challenge. Very bad. Yeah, here's actually a clip right after the challenge of her kind of talking about the leadway incident. I definitely think that Corbin was sabotaging something there. I said, give me some lead weight. It was a bucket full right under me, and I couldn't reach it. Mm. She's suspicious of Corbin. She's like, he didn't give me enough room on my harness, but... Yeah. So, yeah, so they fail that task. Um, And so there's one portion of this left, but I did note down that at one point, like, after they failed this, Ahmad... I think he can sense that like the cast is feeling a little like down about things. And again, back to his coaching days, he just goes, are we still enthusiastic about this? All right, play hard. Yeah, he goes, play yeah. hard, play hard, players. <laughs> He's like a pull string, like toy, like a Toy Story Woody that has maybe one or two statements to say, which is truly a lot of character development. Yeah, it was super funny. Um, a question. So did you think that the whole Frederick versus Corbin thing was suspicious? And if whether you did or didn't, if you are the mole, what would be the best early game strategy here? Like, do you want to go in and try to ruin the first challenge? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you play it completely normal because you don't want the eyes on you immediately and so you actually do a good job in the first challenge like what's the best strategy there if you are the mole yeah it's a tough call I feel like particularly for this season because it's such a small amount of people like seasons one and two I think had 14 people in the first episode Mm -hmm. we have seven yes so it automatically is both like I would want to play it more under the radar because anything I do would be more obvious because there's just fewer targets, but also you have less time overall to sabotage because it's such a short amount of time. So I think I would, I don't know, maybe I would do what some of them are doing by just like trying to call other suspicions out, Mm -hmm. maybe not explicitly trying to sabotage, but just trying to stir things away from me at this point yeah no it's a good point there's nowhere to hide in this cast you are really just at seven people so it's kind of I would think that it would be you want to play it more subtle but Mm -hmm. at the same breath it's like do you just go balls to the walls because you only have six weeks to yeah what do you have to lose like I don't know um okay so anyway Frederick fails her challenge horribly Uh, they're upset and Michael is our last person to hang out Uh, I don't really have any notes here he was fearful again he was kind of like I don't know if I my wife would want me doing this stunt but it looks really fun Mm -hmm. so him and Fred are both like concerned thinking about their home life still yeah it can relate um and I would say that he does this really well he gets it done in two minutes and 22 seconds which is more than a minute faster than Steven did so another $10,000 gets added to the pot. And so right now the total pot is $20,000. So Pretty good. Uh, out of a maximum 30000 not too bad. Yeah. Was the ball at play for this first challenge? Hard to say. How could they not? I know. I, For me, the most suspicious just from this first 
get-go of just straight-up challenge performance was the Corbin and Frederick incident where, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying she didn't reach the bucket and and she's saying he didn't give her enough rope to reach the bucket. Yeah. That's the most obvious. Everyone else seemed to play it pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, at this point, they've finished the challenge and Ahmad is back with them. Um, and they get their journals. Ah, uh, yes, milestone. Big milestone. Um, and so he, I have a quote from him explaining what they are. He goes, these are your journals. These are very, very critical to the game. It's the only place you'll be able to write down all your observations about the other players. And I suggest that you take care of these. Um, and I noticed that Steven starts leafing through it. Like he's expecting there to already be content. <laughs> it's like a book. You, you give me some reading material. Yeah. So I liked that. Um, and at this point, we get a little bit of some like first confessionals of them now reflecting after the first challenge. Yes, I love that. I love the first, their first suspicions. Down to business. Yeah. And so Kim's strategy, she says, is intuition and observation. Um, Kathy's, Kathy, as you said, is Corbin's least favorite player. Um, Steven like taps the front of the notebook with the mole logo and is like, there's a clue right there. Um, and then <laughs> I, I have that in my notes too. And I just yeah. said, okay, Barney, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's no light on inside right there. <laughs> just tapping the notebook. Like, I think that's a clue. And we're like, yeah, yeah. like he is really, he's like, I'm getting paid. I'm going to give you a show. Um, <laughs> And then Michael is suspicious of Eric because he's too quiet and he explains it in a very um, eloquent way. A man of some beautiful words. Here we go. Michael's first suspicions. My suspicions sort of shifted to Eric because he was too quiet. And I wrote it in my journal. You know, Eric's too quiet. That's what you're supposed to do. Right, we're getting here from these contestants. I mean, I can't handle it. I, I'm, I could spend an hour digesting that one sentence with you, Jackie. Eric, too quiet. He writes, Eric, and and you know, I wrote it in my journal. Eric's too quiet. <laughs> I would like. What would you be writing down at this point? Because I feel like I'd be freaking out about like I'd need to write everyone's outfit yeah. and their the colors they're wearing right i mean truly that's what the quiz becomes is Mm -hmm. quizzes you on stupid things like what were they wearing what colors were they wearing what were they wearing a hat what position were they standing in so i would just be mostly writing down all of that memory stuff and all of my kind of intuitions i could let simmer a little bit Mm -hmm. i mean steven's not writing down anything He's just looking at that logo, trying to, like, see through it somehow. No. Okay. So some really great insights from the cast so far that we got. Uh, I can't wait to see how filled their notebooks get. I really would love – we should get mole notebooks. Oh, yeah, to write our notes. Our little journaler notes. I would love that because, yeah, I feel like then at that point I could kind of pretend I'm a player and, like, write down all those things. I mean, I kind of was because – as we said, we are going to take the quiz, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't in a mall notebook. We so. get merch one day. We'll get mall notebooks. Totally. 
Okay. So anyway, now they're we're switching scenes and they are driving now to what's called Kahua Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of just find a random hill and all sit down and Ahmad <laughs> forces a group discussion. He says, let's all get to know each other. What's your most embarrassing moment? And to me, I, for me to accept this, I have to imagine that this is forced because maybe they're going to quiz on this in the quiz later. Oh, it screens set up for the quiz. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Ahmad prompts them so naturally with what's your most embarrassing moment. I don't want to spend forever on kind of mm-hmm. rehashing all of this. Um, but what we saw was Frederic went first and she told a story about how one time she was in class and she was trying to be cool and she had to sneeze and she farted by accident. <laughs> and I have a clip here of Corbin reacting to this and I'm not playing this clip because I am at all supporting Corbin's uh, reaction, but just because it's hard to put into words the way the men act to Frederic on yeah. this entire episode so far. They're basically ogling her. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty upsetting, but here's Corbin's reacting to Fred farting. Fred sort of sat back, talked about farting. I can only imagine how delicious that would have been to be sitting just in front of her. <laughs> like, uh. these men are so over the line that they're they're sexualizing her farting. Like, the times just seem super different at this point. I don't think yes. you would really air that type of thing now. Yeah, it's interesting because this is a family show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on primetime TV and it's, I guess, 2002. And this is content that people are into. What is wild is like I watched a bunch of secret scenes and deleted scenes and mm-hmm. it gets even worse in like the secret sort of scenes. And so, it, I mean, maybe this was just the most... This was the best of the worst. Right, right. Um. So anyway, poor Fred cannot get a break at all. Yeah, and I will say at this point, I'm a fan of Fred. Like, I appreciate yeah. that she shared that. She seems cool. I, I appreciate her story. Then Stephen tells his story where his girlfriend was driving him home at night. He convinced her to pleasure him orally in the car in front of his house. And then his sister saw him from the window and came out and, like, pulled him out of the car and beat him up and mm, i will say ahmad immediately gets 10 points here because he reacts and says that's your most embarrassing moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> clearly steven trying to brag Bragging. yeah so i love that first mm-hmm. that call out i can't believe i mean they aired this steven's story yeah. uh and then kathy goes to her most embarrassing moment and she says yeah my most embarrassing moment was i was on long island and immediately hears steven perk up in the background like no way you were on long island yeah and she's like yeah i was on long island and i was hooking up with some guy in front of his house and then his sister came and beat him up and i will say she one you can see that she's a comedian like she's Mm -hmm. quick with her jokes and second she cracks steven up she does like 
I he is obsessed with her almost. Yeah, it happens later on too at dinner. She says something that's not even you know, like as funny as this last story of just like, whoever is the mole, I'll hate you forever. He starts cracking up. So I do like that. I noticed that too. I loved that she like, I feel like because he thinks he's one thing and he's this, you know, bragger kind of trying to be macho. Mm -hmm. And Kathy just kind of is able to bring it back down to reality a little bit. Right. She knocks him down a peg. The Mm -hmm. only positive thing I'll say about Steven, I mean, he is disgusting as a human and the way he is most of the time, Um, but he's pretty dim and entertaining to watch in that that (laughs) way that it's just shocking that, like, this human exists and exists in the world in this manner. Mm -hmm. Um, I do appreciate that he has a good sense of humor about any time he kind of gets made fun of, Um, but... Yeah, it's pretty rough around the edges. Something else that I really enjoyed was Eric, the 20-year-old child, hanging around these adults and kind of listening in on all these stories. And so on my first watch, I was like, oh, my gosh, poor Eric, like, little baby. Like, he's with all of these, like, 40-year-olds, like, Mm -hmm. listening to them tell these, like, raunchy stories, just feeling awkward and uncomfortable. He's like a Disney star. But then there was an extended scene where – you got to listen to um, all of the embarrassing moments from mm-hmm. like Corbin and from Eric and from Michael and Eric's I'm not going to tell all of them because most of them aren't that exciting, but Eric's most embarrassing moment was like a story about when he was 15 and in Vancouver and he was a virgin and his friends wow. ordered him a prostitute and like, for his birthday and told him to go up to the room to enjoy it. And then when he like went and like started talking to her, his friend came out of the closet and like snapped a picture of him with her. (gasps) Which I'm just like, wow, they definitely cut this out for his Disney image. Or is he just trying to act cool because this is the kind of stuff they're all talking about? It, It was weird to see the extended scene versus what was portrayed. That is eye-opening. I was not picturing him that way. Yeah, no. That's funny. And I was also thinking at that moment that, like, if he hadn't shared an embarrassing moment, I was like, okay, well, Michael is suspicious that Eric's too quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Eric is purposely being too quiet, but no, he just couldn't air the prostitution story. Eric doesn't speak at all. And they're like, it's a little suspicious. We haven't heard his voice yet. Michael's like, Eric, say something, anything. Yeah. Oh, man. For me, the best thing I can sum up from this scene is just it sucks so much that they force you to have this forced conversation. And mm-hmm. it, I'm imagining myself and like, me being prompted with what's your most embarrassing story and then knowing that I have to say something that is like funny but also it's going to get aired on tv Mm -hmm. that everyone I know is going to listen to so I don't want it to be inappropriate or too embarrassing so I feel for them almost I'm just like yeah I know I don't know what I would say I feel like I'll try to think of one if I ever need it in my life, but I could not tell you what I would say right now. Yeah, I almost feel like I need to have pre-prepped answers for all of these just in case I get on the mall one day when it yeah. comes back. All right, so after the embarrassing moments, they switch scenes again. We are getting ready for the next challenge. 
Um, so they go to this place. It looks like a pasture. They're like on a field or something, a hilltop. Um, and we see a mod under this sign yeah. that says Ba Ba Blackjack. And there are sheep in the background and there are big cards, like 12 inches long playing cards. So they walk to this pasture. Immediately, I notice they're in matching blue Hawaiian shirts. Um, and it just like reminded me of the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music when they all wear like the same drapes. Yeah. So they come walking down a hill together. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, this is uncanny. Ahmad is wearing a huge hat, which Kim like gives a whole confessional for. She's like, this is the biggest hat I've ever seen Ahmad in. I'm like, how many hats have you seen him in? Also, it's like, God forbid we spent like that confessional on strategy. It's like, no, no, no. Get to this hot take. Ahmad's wearing a big hat. This is a big hat, people. Okay, so they get there. Ahmad tells us we're playing Mole Blackjack. Um, But the twist is he's playing with cards and the celebs are playing with live sheep. What a twist. So, yeah, like, whoa. Did not see that coming with these sheep running around with, you know, like hearts and numbers for cards on their back. Um, And so, again, Ahmad, like, Still easing into his job as the host, he asks them to break into two teams, or sorry, into teams of two, and he follows that request with, can you do that? (laughs) He's like treating them like children, like, do you guys know what two is? Honestly, I identify with that from when I was working in a school, like just like asking the kids to do something and just hoping that they do it. Like, please, please. Can you do that? Can you just do your group work? Like, I'm just the sub. <laughs> like, please, just like make it easier for me. Um, so they they are able to do it, which um, you know, Ahmad must have been pleased about. Um, so our teams of two are Kathy and Michael, Corbin and Kim, Eric and Fred. And at this point, we get a like a confessional from Eric, yes. who is saying like initially. It didn't occur to him that there were only seven of them. So someone wouldn't be matched up. Yeah. Um, and if you were listening, you would realize Steven is the person not in one of those pairs. And Eric finds that suspicious. We have a confessional here of Eric on Steven. When Ahmad uh, said pair up in groups of two, um, it didn't occur to me that we were seven people at first and there would be one man left out. And then, so then I turned to Frederic, but Steven just was always just kind of withdrawn. Like he never even tried to join a partner, which I don't know. I found that a little suspicious. I mean, fair point. If you get an actual clip, so he says, get it, get into pairs. And everyone immediately turns to each other to figure it out. And Steven just is like leaning over a fence, like chewing a piece of like <laughs> straw, like looking out into the distance. Like uh, he immediately volunteered his tribute to like. Yeah. But instead of instead of just stating, I'll be by myself. He just tried to act nonchalant. Like we're getting a real Stephen Baldwin acting scene here. I know. Yeah. He look, he either is like really hungover and just like 
really not paying attention because he does look exhausted. He's draped over things, as you said. Um, Or he is maybe trying to throw some suspicion on him or he genuinely is the mole. And that was what he was attempting to do, to be like in this solo role. Yes. I don't know. Um, And so then now that we have our teams, Ahmad explains the way it's going to work. So Ahmad is going to draw a hand of blackjack with the cards. Steven is like his Vanna White at this point. Like he holds the card. (laughs) That's all he has to do. And then um, the teams need to try to beat whatever hand by wrangling the sheep with, they have like cards on the sheep, essentially. Um, They need to wrangle um, the right amount of the right sheep to um, beat his hand. And then they'll add $5,000 to the pot. Yeah. Um, so that's basically it. And since they were wearing the similar Hawaiian looking shirts, I was trying to like zoom in on if anyone had like a different design. Ooh, you're looking for those production clues. Like one of the flowers is like a thumbprint. I couldn't find anything. You are so smart though. Like I wasn't even thinking of that. Wow. They should hire you to... They should hire you to pronounce it. Oh, my gosh. That would have been good. Yeah. I mean, I would wonder, if, again, if you're the mole, now how do you sabotage this challenge? So, okay, you have to get two sheep into your pen. What's the move here if you want the team to lose money? How do you ruin the challenge? Yeah. I feel like, again, there's this theme of, like, some aspects of the challenge are inherently hard. Like, wrangling sheep – I don't know how to do that. I don't know that I'd be able to figure it out. Um, But I also don't know that like, I'd be able to, like, how do you fake like falling down? You know, like it's kind of also hard to fake hard things. Yeah, I I fully agree. Similar to the waterfall challenge, it's a tough challenge. So, because not only are you wrangling a sheep, you have to wrangle a sheep with a high card. So that's Also, I think that the challenges where you get paired up into a team of two is especially interesting because if you are the mole, you just Mm -hmm. have one person that is really attentive to you and knows how you're acting. So if you're acting suspicious, there's not much room to hide. That's true. That's tough. Right. So definitely something I'm going to be paying attention to. Um, All right. So we start the first round and Ahmad and Steven – pull the first hand for the house and they get a three and a jack so the house has 13 so Mm -hmm. everyone has like I don't know five minutes or whatever to try and beat this hand Mm -hmm. so uh immediately you kind of see just another chaotic scene Corbin is screaming as he always is and falling Eric is diving for sheep and he's falling over Kathy is just kind of spinning around. She has her hands up. She's backing away from the sheep, like really not doing anything. Kim similarly is avoiding the sheep. Uh, She seems terrified. And Mm. so in my head, I was like, is that suspicious of Kim? Like, or are the sheep that terrifying? Really hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, I don't think sheep are scary animals, but maybe a herd of sheep are scary animals. You know, if you get things in groups, they can be scary. 
Yeah, they were running pretty fast too. And at that point, yeah, like Eric is diving into the ground. Corbin is diving all over. Like you could be scared of them. Yeah. And what's interesting, especially for Kim, is like we know that in the future she's going to go to Egypt and learn how to tame crocodiles. (laughs) So it's kind of like, She's grown since the mole. This has given her some exposure. Mm-hmm. She realized maybe she had a gap in a skill set that she should have, and she went yeah. and trained. Yeah, so I'm going to give her a pass, but as we'll see, so Eric and Fred are on a team, and Eric is killing it. He gets a nine, a sheep with a nine in his pen, uh, and then he gets a sheep with an eight in his pen and Corbin's mm-hmm. kind of helping him. So Eric and Fred's team has a total of 17. So they already know that they beat the hand. Mm-hmm. Corbin now right at the buzzer. Corbin is about to get a sheep into the pen. And Kim is Corbin's teammate. And so she's kind of like opening the gate because they already have one sheep in and he's about to get the second sheep in so she opens the gate trying to help so that he can get the second sheep in mm-hmm. and when she opens the gate the original sheep runs out and uh. Corbin immediately screams at her you're the mole and <laughs> I mean he just is so anti-Kim he and un unfairly angry so during this time he fell and he got a scratch on his arm it's bleeding slightly barely and he's screaming i'm gonna need to get a tetanus shot you're the mole (laughs) he's so dramatic that's all i wrote down like so aggressive so here's corbin talking about how angry he is with kim for letting the sheep out I suspected that Kim is the mole. It was only reaffirmed when she let one out. I'm not convinced that was a complete accident. I really didn't mean to let the sheep out. I wasn't going to say, stay in there, sheep. We need you because we want to beat Ahmad's hand. I couldn't control the sheep. What was I going to do? I wasn't going to touch it. (laughs) Fair, fair points. Very fair. I mean... Truly, what was she supposed to do? Like, were they supposed to throw the sheep over the gate instead of her opening the door? Like, the, yeah. the, I just don't. Which is funny because sheep, they also have some pictures, some visuals of the sheep, like, jumping pretty high. Yeah. Like, it could jump right out, too. It's not the most secure gate in general. It also makes me suspicious of Corbin's ability to kind of assess situations because he's taking Mm -hmm. something an animal did and now saying Kim is the mole. Yeah, I think he's focusing too much on her just being not fantastic at hard challenges and not really like keeping a bird's eye view of things. Like he's looking for things to get angry with Kim about. Yeah, he's already zoomed in on her. Um, yeah, and so anyway, so just Eric and Frederick get their their sheep to beat the hand, so they earn five thousand dollars for the pot. Michael is suspicious of Kathy. He says she was hurting nothing or just hurting mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So again, I would say people were most suspicious of Kathy and Kim uh, for really not doing much, but 
it's hard for me to draw the line on where it was their fault versus the animal. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the first round of that challenge. Um, and in the second round, since Fred and Eric were the best shepherds, um, well, they were the only ones to beat Ahmad's hand, um, they get a chance to go again. Um, Ahmad and Stephen draw the hand. It's 11. Um, and at this point, Stephen and Ahmad are just like laughing together, I guess. Like they just look like they've been hanging out and maybe drinking. Like yeah. it's so silly. Um, Fred and Eric get back out there. And as we saw in the first challenge, Eric is just really good at this. He like gets in this position with the sheep to like basically waddle with them mm-hmm. over to the gate. Um so they do really well and Corbin is enjoying watching them. Um, he calls them the Hansel and Gretel team uh, because they're like both very good looking and like blonde and tan. Yes. Um, and a callback to his tetanus shot injury. He says that watching them made his arm feel better. Uh, Corbin, I don't think that's how cuts and scrapes work. Yeah. I was like, I think you're just kind of like, insane yeah you know eric was very impressive though very much made for this and actually so here's a clip of eric kind of talking about how his about his performance in that second challenge (laughs) i guess my strategy coming into the game was make people think i am because then when they're taking the quiz they will get many questions wrong and i mean i would end up having a higher score than them but as I was doing the sheep blackjack, I found myself not really playing that strategy because I was really, really trying. So um, I guess I could say my strategy is changing a little. <laughs> I guess you could say it. <laughs> I mean, and what I love about that is it's such a good, legitimate strategy that he yeah. came into the game with. Like, to me, I we're, we've been underestimating Eric so much. And to hear that first take of my strategy was to act suspicious so people would think I was the mole. I was like, yes, Eric, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I know. And then to just hear that so quickly it went out the door because he saw (laughs) and got really into wrangling them. It's like, oh, Eric. I know. That's exactly what I went through, too. I was like, oh, my God, he could be a really good player. Mm -hmm. Like, I really underestimated him. That's exactly what I would do. But, um, I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to get back into his original strategy with non-sheep challenges. Yeah, it's annoying because it made me hopeful for all of two seconds that he has potential to be a really good player. Um, But it does still continue to clarify that there's no way he's the mole. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, unless he has some bizarre strategy where he's trying to do so good during this first week to throw people off and then he can mess up later. But his confessionals just then don't really support that. And also, like, so the mole's job is to reduce the amount of money that the team wins. Mm -hmm. So if you are the mole and you personally don't really care how much the winner makes and you more so care about, like, the personal goal of people not knowing who you are, you could, like, really not ever throw challenges and just be like, I don't really care who – if the winner gets all of the 250 grand, but maybe you get more of a payout. 
I know. I wonder if they have to kind of give the mole some more stakes to actually try to make them lose money. Yeah, because otherwise I would probably do that if I was right. the mole. I'd be like, whatever, I'm not paying you. I mean, to be fair and to try to still give him some potential of being <laughs> the mole, if you are Eric or Fred here and one of you guys is the mole – this is a really challenging moment because all eyes are on you. It's just you two mm-hmm. performing. So I, I mean, I still don't think he's the mole, but I'm trying to give him some benefit of the doubt. I think that's true. When it's kind of a like bonus round based on how did how well you did in the previous round, it'd be very hard to back off and not do well. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a time and a place, and if Eric is the mole and was gonna sabotage, this probably wasn't the right time. Right. Right. Um, okay, so moving on, then Eric and Fred add another $10,000 to the pot, and who would have thought it, there's a twist, and Stephen is not just going to be the man away, since he was left out, he is going to get an opportunity here, where they're going to add just a single sheep to the pen, the pen with all the other ones, and this sheep is going to be the mole sheep, it has the thumbprint on its back, <laughs> and if can by himself wrangle this one specific mole sheep to the pen he will add fifteen thousand dollars to the pot so the twist is if he achieves this he will get an exemption and an exemption is a something we haven't talked about yet but it basically Mm -hmm. means he will not be able to be executed at tonight's elimination that's huge huge especially when there's only seven people to get an exemption i mean huge 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 however if he fails he gets no exemption and he loses all the money that they've earned in this game so far so steven is has a big decision to make yeah and he is like scanning the faces of the people pondering what to do like he literally (laughs) has his like finger on his teeth like while he's thinking about what he's gonna do and we get (laughs) a beautiful insight from Steven as he's trying to think about the choice he needs to make. Because if I don't do it, I could be the mole. But what I like is if I do do it, I still could be the mole. I love the pregnant pause there. Also, the way he's talking to me, it's like, is Steven still not clear on if he's the mole or <laughs> he's not, not yet? Sure. Because he's like, if I don't do it, I could be the mole, but I could do it and I could still be the mole. Like he's like, <laughs> he's like wait, can I check with someone? Yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, no. Um, anyway, he obviously chooses to do it. Uh he says it's mm-hmm. powerful and interesting. So he has a weird strategy where he starts by closing all of the gates, which makes no sense. Like you would think you would want them all open. But anyway, within one minute, he gets the mole sheep in the pen. He adds $15,000 to the pot. So the total pot now is already up to $50,000, which is pretty huge for just the first episode where the maximum is $250,000. And he earns an exemption. That is wild. Who would have thought, like, if you were to have guessed – I know it's hard because it already happened, but if you were to have guessed like someone will get an exemption in the first round, I would not have guessed Steven. No, 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 no. I would guess one of our more seemingly smart Kathy Kathy or Mm -hmm. Michael um, or Kim. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
yeah, not Steven, but here we are. We're guaranteed at least another episode of Steven on our screen. So at least another and at least one more because we know he's in season four. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's there was a secret scene that happened at one point and I didn't get an audio clip of it, but it kind of sums up my my feelings on Stephen Baldwin really well in this game so far. And it's Kathy talking. And I love how insightful mm. she is kind of in this Ooh. moment. But she she's talk they're talking about who they think the mole is. She's talking with like Michael and Kim and Eric. And she's basically saying, like, Baldwin seems way too wild to be the mole. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's just imagine production trying to wrangle him and get him to do things and like act a certain way. Like that makes him seem way too wild. And it just seems like it would be way too hard for them to control him. But, you know, then in that same breath, but maybe that would make him a really great mole because no one suspects mm-hmm. that. Everyone's like, oh, there's no way production trusts him. Yeah, that's like exactly what we have been saying of like, there's no way he could be the mole. He's so erratic. He's so unreliable. So she has a really good point there, but also then a really good second counterpoint to her own theory. Like she is thinking really critically and Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. She seems very, very strong. So that makes me almost think that she maybe isn't the mole because she's like really trying to be tuned in. Yeah. And I feel like if you were the mole, you would definitely, you obviously need to have your own theories and you need to give these confessionals. But like, I feel like it would be, I don't know, it'd be a little harder. But because she's so smart and intuitive, would production really want her to be the mole because she's going to really have yeah. her finger on the pulse and kind of be able to play the contestants against each other in this sort of way? She could I be, yeah seems to be one of the smartest on the cast and I think that production Mm -hmm. if they want to trust somebody with that sort of responsibility Kathy's a great person to do that too yeah I agree okay so anyway Steven gets more Steven blessed glad he'll be here for more um so yeah so after that um bonus round then they they get in their travel vans they're getting ready I guess to go back to like wherever they stay the Mm -hmm. hotel um and Steven now has this exemption um and people are like kind of suspicious of it during the van scene um Michael in particular is like maybe it wasn't by chance um because Steven never turned back to see if anyone would be on his team, kind of like, you know, what Eric was reflecting on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's thinking that production recommended that Steven try to be the solo person, which I think is valid. And it could it could happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how it works, that production will help the mole figure out some options of like, you should maybe try to do this, try to be the solo person. Yes. Um, and along those lines, Michael remembers something about something that happened with Stephen earlier in the day when Stephen wasn't around. And I think you have I audio clip do. for this one. This was a Great. take from Michael that I really enjoyed, and I thought that it was really mm-hmm. smart and interesting. And yeah, so let's so. play that clip. I don't remember hearing much about you know the Baldwin Ranch on Long Island, but it all started to then come back to me for the, with the lunch. Early on, we were all called out to talk about our most embarrassing moment. So we're all out there, 
and we can't find Baldwin. Where is this guy? And then Kim Coles goes into the, the little house to go get him, and then she comes out, and he's still not with her, but she says he's coming. She says, oh, he's, he was asleep. And I said, asleep? And I just thought, he wasn't asleep. He got advice on how to tackle this sheep. He, that's what's happening. And that's when it just sort of, to me, I just started to go, I think this, I think he's the mole. I think he's the one. I think that's him. Oh, love that. I really love Michael. And I also think he's like, yeah. I think him and Kathy are mm-hmm. the most intelligent people mm-hmm. on the pulse of things right now. They're thinking the hardest. They're thinking the hardest, yeah. I mean, what's amazing about that, so he's thinking about how production, he's paying attention enough to like what production is doing and interfering. Well, like, what advice would production be giving Steven on how to tackle sheep? He's like, they're in there teaching him how to tackle sheep. And I'm like, what? Do they have a practice pen back there? Like, I know. Maybe they're reminding him that he's the mole because they're like, Steven might have forgotten that he's the mole because he's such a wild card. Let's bring him back in. (laughs) Anyway, so so then in the other car, there's like Steven – um, Frederick and Corbin and Steven's in the back of the van and he's like got his arms outstretched he's super confident because he has his exemption and he just like has this smirk on his face and he goes no one in this vehicle is the mole and like really wants Corbin and Fred to agree to that and he's like prompting them with like some more really yeah. inappropriate kind of yeah I have a of Steven trying to it seems like he's trying to form a coalition with I think that's what he's trying to do here is trying to form a coalition with Fred and Corbin. He's not making it clear what he's trying to do. Show me how big your p***s are kids. Tell me. Would you agree with that? Yes. Mm, kind of. Would you agree with that? Yeah I would. That's hot. Did he say that's hot? Yeah, he said that's hot. Like, I mean, it's like 2002 I was Paris like, was Hilton. Was this simple life going on? Yeah. I think so, yeah. So, yeah, that was just crazy. Like, yeah, if he was trying to form a coalition, it wasn't that clear. Fred was not responding well to it. She was like, uh. <laughs> she went silent to the point where he needed to prompt her again. And she was like, yeah. He's like, would you agree with that? Fred's like, I really wish I was in the other van. Yeah um so yeah so then back in the other van there's some more like talk of coalition um Kathy was trying to form a coalition with Steven but Steven was getting the wrong impression I think Mm -hmm. yeah here we go of Kathy and Steven's attempted coalition someone came up to me and said call me in my room tonight I tried to get Baldwin to meet me in my room because she quote had to talk to me. And I swear to God, I think he thought I was going to have sex with him. And it wasn't what she said, it was how she said it. He was like, sure, babe, lungs should bring protection. Unfortunately, I don't think the individual has that much brain. <laughs> <laughs> Those who live in glass houses. <laughs> the irony, it's so, so, so good that, like, here we are saying Kathy's our most intelligent player and Steven's saying like I don't think she has enough brains to form a coalition with me which for a good comparison is in the exact same scene Steven 
it's in the van and he has his notebook out and he says here's the most important thing i wrote today ready corpse love that they're on nickname basis and he holds up his notebook and just scribbled in like kindergarten handwriting across a whole page says there are no rules (laughs) (laughs) they're like do you know that being the mole is a rule kind of technically like oh gosh amazing okay so anyway the van scene ends and then our cast goes to their first dinner and it's a tradition in the mole that before every elimination the entire group sits together around a dinner table with a mod and they sit and talk about the day and most of the time this is an excuse for us to get some last minute confessionals from the people of who they're suspicious of because the quiz is about to come up um so they're sitting around they're talking they're joking um and we start getting overlaid with some confessionals so um to start kim share who we haven't really talked about much um your kim strategy here you know my strategy is any mini money mole so dicey strategy we'll see if it's going to pay off um but mm-hmm. again I mean, it does speak to the fact that everyone's suspicions are are shifting so quickly at this point um so anyway they're talking at dinner steven says why was eric so conservative all day and then so spunky around sheep <laughs> um so the theme we're just getting from eric more is like he's quiet and at this point at dinner i couldn't help but notice he's wearing like a button-up dress shirt it is buttoned like halfway down like it and his shirt looks so loose you see like most of his chest eric Eric. oh yeah you see most of his chest and he's like swimming in his shirt like not the quiet innocent disney boy (laughs) um again we have corbin talking about how he's so suspicious of kim for letting the sheep out and causing his arm to get scratched up it's like (laughs) over it corbs (laughs) Um, with Eric saying how he's suspicious of Frederique because she didn't really grab the bucket when she mm. could have during the first challenge. Kathy is suspicious of Corbin. Uh, and again, I mean, we're on like the Kathy hype train here, but she says she's suspicious. She's suspect of him because he's the kind of actor that from minute one, he could have made a decision to play a character mm. and like, you know, he is an actor. And so maybe he's just playing this character that's, a super crazy intense guy and you know she right now thinks that he's not the mole but she could be screwed because he's just acting a role really well that's a really interesting insight also what this just game sounds like you're gonna be spinning in paranoia the entire time so dizzy yeah and then uh, last but not least i got one clip of michael talking a little bit about why he's suspect of kathy at this point Right off the bat, I thought Kathy Griffin was acting reserved in a way that I don't recall her ever being. And I took that to mean maybe she's nervous because she's the mole and she doesn't, she's not sure of what she's doing and she doesn't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, so yeah, it's fun to get all of their takes. Um, at this point, I think everyone is suspicious of somebody else, which Mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be one person that's really sticking out as this person is the mole. I think no one has mentioned that they're suspicious of Michael. Yeah. Which is interesting. interesting. Because that's who I actually based my quiz off of. 
I I was like, yeah, because I remember, again, when I used to watch it as a kid, I was like, how do they do these answers? Like, it just seems so random and all over the place. So I made a point of like picking someone kind of midway through the episode and being like, let me just stick with them and try and remember as much as I can about them um, and answer like based on one person, which I don't know if that's the right strategy this early on. That's interesting because I went the complete opposite. And my strategy when I was going through the quiz answers was I am so all over the place at this point. And I think there are arguments to be made for several people. Mm -hmm. And so because there are still enough people out there, I didn't think it would be smart to hone in on one person. So I split up my answers based on like statistics and which answer Mm -hmm. like most people that it could point to that is probably the right way to do it especially early on right that's Um, smart cool all right so why don't you kind of get into our quiz and our quiz questions so right after the dinner um they like go into their own little room um they have their notebook and they sit down at a computer and they are about to take the quiz which is 10 questions we're going to read them off in a second and basically like they just immediately after this will be in another room with all of them and review who basically scored the worst on the quiz and that person is going to go home so this is like high stakes like everything really up until this point has been leading up to the quiz and how much they've been able to retain and perceive so I have to imagine like they're feeling really nervous oh yeah Um, I would be really nervous I am nervous. I am nervous. So I'll read them off and then we can compare what each of us said. So the first one, they always start off, um, I think with this one, is the mole male or female? So obviously I based off of Michael, so I said male. I also said male because there are four males and three females. So Statistics. Mm-hmm. Number two, what color lay was given the mole, given to the mole after departing the helicopter? This one was so hard to answer. I have no idea. So I said D. I just, I said purple and white. I don't even know if that was an answer option, but I couldn't. It was one. Yeah. For the audience at home, that one's really hard to track. Yeah. I think we may have not even gotten a shot of everyone with their lay on. So whatever. Um, Number three, was the mole or mole's team successful in putting money in the pot in the ba ba blackjack game? Based off of Michael, no. I also put no. No, because <laughs> the only people that did put money in were uh, Eric and Fred, and I guess Steven, but yeah, so I said no. No odds. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Number four, in what position did the mole hang out during the on-the-line game? I said third, based off of Michael, and now I have an idea of what you said. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said the mole did not hang out because there were four people that were the strong people, so. Smart. Number five, what did the mole order for last night's dinner? I wrote, how would the viewers know this? So I think there was like something, fish, chicken. It was, I put filet mignon. I said fish. I was just like, yeah. I don't know. Well, no, the choices were either – I because I paused to see the options. I didn't see what everyone was eating, but the choices on the quiz were either filet mignon or fish. And I was like, this seems like most of the cast is eating uh, filet mignon over fish. They want that meat. Um, number six, how many other players were in the car with the mole on the way to the ranch? I said two. Cause I, yes, think I we didn't, 
I couldn't remember actually, to be honest. No, I said three because it was either two or three. Two was the van with Stephen, Fred, and Corbin. Okay, so I was off on my Michael based. But yeah. you know how it's in there when you're taking the quiz and it's hard and it's stressful. Sometimes it's stressful. Exactly. Number seven, during the on the line game, what color shorts or pants did the mole wear? I also did not really know. I said black shorts. I said black. <laughs> oh, great. We're on to something. Number eight, the mole operated the up and down controller in which round of the on the line game? I said the mole did not operate the controller. I also said the mole did not operate the controller. Nice. Good, good odds based answer. Mm-hmm. Number nine, what number journal is the moles? No idea. No idea. No idea. Never been shown it. Even with Steven's up close shot when he showed us the journal, I didn't see what number he has. So, And number 10, this is always the last question. Who is the mole? And I said Michael. I said Michael. I left this one blank in my note (gasps) right now if you want me to answer one who is the mole i could say i agree michael Uh i'll give you a top three i'll say either michael fred or kathy i think those are my top three for sure Um, i think fred is a low like a sleeper kind of suspicion that's growing on me yeah i think kim doesn't seem to have her finger on the pulse enough Mm-hmm. Corbin Corbin just seems too angry like yeah angry mole yeah and Eric we know isn't and Steven if he is the mole what in a wild choice by production I will clap for right. sure for him right. for this performance yeah. yeah okay so anyway they all take the quiz and then we get to our first execution which they have everyone sitting in a room in chairs in a line. And the way it works is Ahmad has a laptop in front of him and he will enter the names one by one in random order. So he types Mm -hmm. the name into the computer and then he hits enter. And there's like a thumbprint on the big screen. And if the screen turns green, that means you're safe. If the screen turns red, that means you've been eliminated. Uh, And so only one person gets eliminated each round and it's the person who scores lowest on the quiz. Mm-hmm. It's also important to note that if there's a tie and that two people tie for the lowest score, that it goes by time taken on the quiz. So mm-hmm. the longest then on the quiz will be eliminated. So everyone's nervous. And first up is Frederic and he types in Frederic's name. She looks genuinely nervous, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting. Um, and green screen. She's safe. Okay. So Fred's still with us. Number two is Kathy. He types in Kathy's name and again, green, Kathy's safe. Okay. Which, you know, either the mole or very smart. So I'm not surprised there. Number Mm -hmm. three is Eric, who is safe. Uh, So we're still with Eric. So now we're getting down to it. Now, the only options left, because so Stephen's exempt, so he's safe. So the only options left are either Corbin, Kim, or Michael. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do Corbin next, and he types in Corbin's name, and Corbin is safe. And then he types in Kim's name, and we're just down to Kim or Michael. So this is going to tell us who it is. He types in Kim's name, and it's red. Kim is eliminated. Kim Cole, our first person out of the mole. Fallen mole. 
Uh, she was a great character. I suspected she would be eliminated going into this because of how she did just seem out of the loop, which I would be too. She was fun, and it's sad that she's gone. I thought she was really sweet and fun to be around. She brought a good energy to the group. Uh, what I will say was interesting is on the DVD extras, you can watch her post-execution interview where they kind of have her talk mm-hmm. for a minute or two about her feels and they asked her her strategy for the quiz so they were like Kim what'd you do for the quiz and her strategy was that she split her vote oh so she kind of went my strategy and it didn't work out for her yeah but she could have been like trying to specifically base it off of like two people rather than just thinking about the odds yeah uh and then they asked her so who do you think the mole is um at this point and she said that she thinks it could be Steven. Oh, wow. Huh. Also, um, Kim getting voted out throws Corbin off. Or sorry, not voted out because I'm thinking survivor terms. Yeah. Getting eliminated really throws Corbin off. He was thrown for a loop. He's <laughs> like, I was sure it was her. I was like, how did you not get the quiz wrong? If you like based everything on Kim, you were just wrong on I know. Corbin just, he's like, wow. <laughs> All right. So we have our first person eliminated. Um, So we're down to six. Wow. And, you know, I- I'm not surprised by it, but it was a good one episode journey for Kim. I agree. I agree. I enjoyed it. She was sweet. And mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on and see what happens because I think the first week is always a bit of a fluke. Mm-hmm. And, it's only when you can start seeing repetitive behaviors and kind of get your baseline for how they act. So I'm excited yeah. to you to build onto the suspicions that we already started. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm really excited to see Steven hopefully next week, like not get an exemption mm-hmm. um, and right. see what he, how he does. Cause that's a really like, I actually forgot about exemptions until he got one. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so powerful. He didn't need to really think, at all. And that might actually come back to haunt him. That like he didn't take this quiz and learn right. anything about his answers. That's true. Unless he's the mole. Right. So none of the episodes over. I did want to do one quick segment that mm-hmm. uh, we're going to call MVP and LVP. And yes. I kind of stole this from I'm listening to uh, Down the Hatch, which is a Lost Rewatch podcast uh, by mm-hmm. Ash Wiggler and Mike Bloom. And it's a breakdown of Lost and every episode they get, they award MVP points and LVP points to the, uh, the characters on just like who did good or who did something uh, that they liked um, versus who just was bad and did something they didn't like. It really doesn't need to be based on anything. It's just like our gut feels. It doesn't have to be who we think is the smartest or who did a, who we think the mole is. It just, if you think someone deserves a point, Got it. I have my answers. Okay, so you start with MVP. Who do you want to give your MVP point to? Okay. My MVP goes to Kathy Griffin. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I really, really liked watching her. Um, again, like we covered her in the cast assessment in episode one. We go into who she is as a person outside of the mole, and she is just like really controversial. And in this game, she seems really focused mm-hmm. and smart. Um, whether she's the mole or not, I feel like I really enjoy watching her strategize and it's kind of like what I would hope to be in the game. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of like she just seems really like onto a lot of good ideas. I think in the interest of spreading out my points and not giving a double point to Kathy, I'm going to give my MVP point to Michael, but for very similar reasons. I think there is a good chance he's the mole, but if he's not the mole, I just uh, enjoy the way he's thinking about the game. He's thinking about moments that the people are away and what they could be doing. And um, so – I'm going to give my point to Michael. So we have one MVP point each to Kathy and Michael. And now our LVP points where we can give. Oh, this is hard because I liked this person a lot, but I had to say Kim. Yeah. I just, I, if she really was so lost and kind of like going with her gut, I would have liked to have seen her maybe try to form a coalition Mm -hmm. Um, again, maybe she did and we didn't get it. It's highly possible. This was over a few days and we got like 30 minutes. Um, but I just, I think she just got lost in the confusion and similar to how Kathy Griffin is how I would hope I would play. Kim is how I think I would play where I would not know (laughs) what's going on. So I still really, really like her. Um, I just think. She fell victim to the first elimination. Yeah. No, I, it seems like common sense. She did the worst. She should get an LVP point. Uh, I'm going to give my – I was – I'm torn between two people, um, between Steven and Corbin, uh, both mostly for just being kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it to Corbin over Steven because uh, he just – not only was he gross, he also just – blamed one person for the way a sheep was behaving and for him bullying and like being a drama queen and needing a tetanus shot like being a bit of a crybaby and a drama queen and just letting it sway the way he was thinking and he was so literally he was only focused on one person the entire episode and it was the wrong person so yeah no that's a really good point and I think I would definitely agree with that if I had two points he would get my second one he he just seems like more premeditated in his comments where Steven just kind of seems right. like like you use the word dim right Steven's missing a filter up there and Corbin. yeah yeah all right so in the lead with one MVP point each we have Kathy and Michael and with negative one points each we have Kim and Corbin yeah any notes from like production that we want to get into some behind the scenes stuff really quickly yeah I have one thing um, which was like at the end of the episode, they put a little like post episode notice yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I really appreciated. Um, it said like gameplay and some elements not affecting the outcome have been edited for time and footage of Stephen Baldwin's waterfall attempts have been combined for dramatic purposes, not attempt, not affecting the outcome of the game. So I was just like, couple of thoughts there I love that they are like trying to protect the integrity of the game and admitting like hey this is a show there's editing that has to get done but we didn't change anything or interfere in any way right but then like what happened in Steven's waterfall attempt like was him flipping upside down like a stunt double and they just wanted to show like a crazy thing it's also just my baseline assumption that they're editing clips together for like the smoothness of the show so yeah like who did someone think this was shot in one take like oh my gosh um I have one note as well to bring up and so 
because Jackie, we do have an email where we we want to welcome comments from the community. Um, yeah. That email is holymolypodcast at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-Y-M-O-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. That being said, we're recording um, a few episodes up front before we have a chance to kind of have the community write in. And mm-hmm. so I was doing some Googling and I literally stumbled onto the original message boards from when this show aired in 2002 or 2003. What a trip. Yeah. And I could really go down a rabbit hole here, but I just, the message boards are amazing because it's kind of, it's pre-Reddit. It's Mm -hmm. just when kind of the internet was becoming a thing and people were starting to build these communities and it, it's a thriving community of people theorizing and talking about who they think the mole could be. Um, and I found one thread here where they're commenting on how they really were talking about the confessional where Michael noticed that Stephen was missing and he was suspicious that Stephen was getting clues from production. Mm-hmm. And so we have somebody commenting on that. And he said, I have only one comment, Papa. And he talks about that scene. And then he says, Then Kim went in and returned, saying he would be right out. Then she was executed. If she saw him talking with someone, would she not have put votes on him? Thereby, she wouldn't be the loser of the first elimination. My first thoughts after he exited the building and swaggered around was, he was just smoking something off camera. After (laughs) all, they were most likely have sent to Hawaii on private transport and no customs were involved. He was smoking up, in my opinion thoughts oh my god I love that yeah and like then (laughs) we're just theorizing on like what they're doing in their downtime and what drugs they brought because they had private travel it's not even like that's I mean there are comments on this like somebody says I would not be an ounce surprised if that's the absolute truth (laughs) when he was having his most embarrassing moment he looked as if he was high as a kite of course (laughs) don't most of the episode and then I agree with that says Although if he were talking to producers in the house, I'm sure they would make sure that no one walked in on them. They would have lookouts. So I don't think Steve Kim would have found Steve uh, like talking to producers. That is too good. Gosh. Very valid points. Very impressed with the forum. Gosh. Right. I mean, you could really dive in deep there, but just a little insight from the community and where they're currently at right now is... That's so good. I'm excited to be able to like live vicariously through that 18 years ago thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a thriving community 18 years ago. So we, we found our people and we have this content for them. All right. So I think that's really all I have for this week. Again, I know that was a lot of information, but you get us rolling down this hill. <laughs> We're like the sound of music coming down that hill an object in motion you know the saying (laughs) (laughs) no this was super fun I loved episode one again as we said such a different mood from seasons one and two I am like really interested to just see what this kooky cast continues to do for us oh yes I cannot wait so we will be back again in another week where we're going to watch episode two and get all of our hot takes on that Mm -hmm. so uh tune in next time to help us find out who is the mole bye Jackie bye Tori